All right, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Mark chapter 13 today. Um, as you know, we were in Mark 13 last week. And so, um, hey, will you guys get the lights before you leave? Um, we, uh, we, we didn't necessarily do a verse-by-verse study through the, the, the Mark chapter 13. And, and I kind of rushed through it at the end, trying to get through some of the verses. And really, the message that God gave me for last week was that, you know, Jesus is coming back. But before Jesus comes back, um, there's work to be done. And and he's not back yet. And we don't want to be standing, gazing into heaven as the angel spoke to the disciples when the angel said, Men, why are you standing, gazing into heaven? This same Jesus who ascending is also coming back. And the Bible tells us in the New Testament and the Old Testament alike, hundreds of times, Jesus is coming back. And I tell you guys all the time, but listen, Christians, you don't have to be ashamed, embarrassed, apologetic of the fact that you believe Jesus is coming back. It's true. He is coming back. But in the meantime, he's not back yet. And so there's work to be done. And Jesus said, pray that the Lord of the harvest would would send out workers into the harvest field and that the harvest fields are white for harvest, which means they're ready. The world is ready and and, and the, the world needs Jesus. And so that, that was the heart last week. And as I got ready and prepared this week, you know, I, I really felt like there were some things in, ch- in chapter 13 that are very important that, you know, we, we kind of jammed through last week. So I'm going to spend another week and we're going to just kind of go through 13 a little bit, hit some of the things I didn't hit last week. I want to give you guys a little bit of a, I don't know what else to call it, a, a, a geography, a history, a, 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 a where we are type of um, some of you guys may totally dig this stuff. Others, it may bore you to tears, okay? So if you're the bored to tears people, sorry, you're out of luck. If, if you're those that might enjoy this, then, then great. But I'm going to start. We're going to get to that just in a minute. That's in verse 14 of, of chapter 13 and Mark where we are. So I think we're going to actually start in Mark 13. Um, where we're going to pick up is about verse number 8. But before we do that, really quickly, just as something you should know. In Isaiah chapter 17, Isaiah 17, verse number one, the Bible says the burden against Damascus. Behold, Damascus will cease from being a city and it will be a ruinous heap. And so we have this prophecy concerning the end times out of Isaiah 17 that that God prophesied a thousand years before Christ that, that one day that Damascus would be a ruinous heap. Damascus is the oldest inhabited city in the world. Continuously inhabited city in the world. Today, what's happening in Damascus should be blowing all of our minds. You know, those little... Every one of us seeing that we're living in a day where Isaiah 17.1 is coming to life before our very own eyes. The refugee crisis that's happening in the mass... Um, migration of people that have left Syria in the last three to four to five years is astronomical. We have um, a missionary family that I'm going to introduce you guys to. I was going to do it today, but for time's sake, I won't have time. And I want to spend a few minutes introducing you to the Wahlberg family. They were a missionary family from, from Joshua Springs, who in 2007, six or seven, moved to Afghanistan. And they were in Afghanistan in some of the harshest conditions, a family of six giving and and as much as possible under the guise of teaching English there were were there as missionaries in Afghanistan. 
The Lord closed the door on 2012, and they came home, and Celeste Wahlberg, the mom, she was the principal at the, at the Christian school at Joshua Springs for the last three years. In 2015, they felt a call, and they've always felt a heart to reach, the, the, reach um, Muslims with the gospel. It's always been their call. She found a job in, in UAE, United Arab Emirates, where Dubai is, um, teaching English. And he has a job with um, Billy Graham, basically, and, and Samaritan's Purse. And right now, she's in and her family, and they live there in, in UAE, where she teaches English. And, and where the heart is to bring the gospel to Muslims. And he's with the a refugee um, ministry that Billy Graham Association put together where they're in Greece um, and, and having such an amazing opportunity to reach uh, refugees with the gospel of Jesus Christ. In, in March, um, all the borders were open in Europe. And there was a, there was a tremendous uh, migration of of refugees leaving Syria and Iraq under the persecution of ISIS and Assad and, and what's going on in Syria and that region. And they were going through Greece to all different parts of, of Europe. And, and, then, and then the next March, they closed all the borders and tons of refugees are in Greece now and they can't leave. And, and, and they're, they're, they're bringing the gospel to, to them. And, and, you know, I understand that there, there is a real um, true side to the fact that there's dangers with the refugees and and the political uh, where do we stand as Christians on the politics of the refugees here in America and, and I can show you some very gr- graphic video from France very recently of civil unrest in France where the refugees are absolutely rioting in the streets and taking over and creating barricades and setting things on fire and completely devastating and 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 capitalizing and, and conquering these areas in France. And none of you have seen it in any of your, you know, pretty guy, pretty girl news this last couple of weeks. And it's happening in France, major civil unrest at the hands of the refugees who, who, who are Muslim and who are, who are doing great harm. And we see that, and we see that fear. We, we feel this Trojan horse, and we, we read true stories where, you know, Muslim refugees were, were being sent supplies, and, and the, the government of Greece captured the boat, and they opened the containers of the supplies that were supposed to be refugee supplies, and they were shotguns. And so we, we, we know that there's, there's a real um, danger in that. And then at the same time, we, we see this amazing opportunity. And what, what Richard Wahlberg, who's there in Greece right now with this, he says so many of these refugees are coming to Jesus. And Jesus loves them. And there's such an amazing harvest field among these refugees of those who are broken from war-torn countries who are coming to Jesus by the thousands. There was a story that just came out of, um, um, I'm not sure which country, it was Greece or one of the countries there where the refugees are just this week. And they had a, a Samaritan's Purse team that was there. And refugees came in on boats and, were, and they were there. And they had enough meals to feed 200 people. And there was 400 refugees there. And they prayed and they began to pass out the meals. And when they were done, they fed all, all 400 refugees. And then they began to collect up what was left over. And they had 10 baskets when they started with seven. They had more than they started with. You know, and, and it was true, right? Jesus started with a lunchable and a, you know, a little boy's lunchable. And then when they were done, they had, they had seven fragments, seven baskets left over. More than what they started with. And the same miracles that Jesus did, they're happening. You can read it. CBN reported that this week. 
And so where do we stand as Christian people when, with this thing? is like, no, get them out. And I understand. I understand that. And I understand there is a wisdom in that. And the reality is God's enemies are God's enemies. And I'm not a, you know, I'm not a foofy type of Christian. I'm really not as far as when it comes to God's enemies. My, my, my philosophy is kill them all and God will sort them out. You know, you give them Jesus or you give them what they need. And, and, and in that, Goliath, for example. Let's take Goliath, for example. Goliath stands up and he defies the living God as an enemy of God. And the, the entire Israeli army, as your heart breaks, knowing these strong, brave men in the army won't go out and fight him. And a little boy comes. 15, 16 years old, and they, they put armor on him, and, and the helmet flops over his eyes because it's so big it won't even fit him, and he can't even hold the chain mail, that he just goes out with a couple rocks. And, and as David stands there facing Goliath, th- there is a mentality among Christians, oh, pray for Goliath. Oh, you Christians, you're supposed to love everybody. No, I'm not praying for Goliath at that moment. If I am praying, I'm praying that his head is going to come off. He's an enemy of God and his head will come off as will the enemies of God. And so, you know, on that front, there, there, there's a time where Islam is an enemy of God. Islam is, is the armies of Antichrist and they, and they need to be defeated. So, so where, where do we stand? Love, you know, uh, strong, being, being wise and, and not allowing a Trojan horse in our own country. In seeing the, um, you know, the, the problem. So I don't know, guys. I don't know. I do have a heart. I do have a heart to, to see people come to Jesus. I am super excited. I do want to be a part of what the Wahlbergs are doing. I, I want to introduce our church to them. I want to show you a little, little bit of information, some pictures about them, give you their bios, and, 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 and let's be a part of what God's doing to reach refugees. Jeremy, who's in um, Hungary, who is one of our missionaries, Jeremy Bear, who's at the Bible College in Hungary, he's front lines with the missions, uh, with, the, with, the, with the refugees. And his heart is totally like, hey, we, we have to be reaching the refugees for Jesus. We have to be receiving them and receive and, and pouring Jesus into them. And he's front lines. And, you know, and, and I want to I have that heart. I want to be there. I want to I really see that. And, you know, when Jeremy was here, he, he shared some things because he is front lines with the refugees that, that were eye-opening even for me. And I think I've come a long way even in the last year in that, you know, when, when he said that Jesus was a refugee in Egypt... My heart broke because the reality was Jesus had to flee Israel because Herod was going to kill him. And he went down in Egypt for a while, right? And Jesus was a refugee in Egypt. Jesus was a refugee in Egypt. You know, and, and that just broke my heart that, you know, our own, our own Savior at a time in his life had to flee persecution and left and went to Egypt as a refugee. And so... You know, I don't think I cleared anything up for you guys other than just to say that, you know, there, there's two sides to the coin. And we, we got to pray. We got to say where God wants us to be. And we definitely have to have a heart for the lost. Jesus said to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. And, and that's where I want to be because that's what Jesus told me to do. So there is that part of Christian living. There is that part of being wise. And Jesus told us, be wise as a serpent and, sh- and, and shrewd. But at the same time, gentle as a dove. And so having a heart. But again, all that to say that Isaiah 17, 1 is being fulfilled before our very eyes. Where we are in, um, where we are in Mark 13 is about end times prophecies, about when Jesus is going to come back. 
And Isaiah 17.1 is something that has to be fulfilled before he comes back. Damascus is a thriving, huge city of millions of people that, that, that is almost in ruins. Millions of, of, of Syrians have left that Syria. It, it, there's a city, a, a major city in Syria. It's called Homs. Not, not like you, you know, Mexican essay. What's up, Homs? It's Homs, actually. But in Homs, the, Syria, they flew a drone over it. And if that was Damascus, Isaiah 17.1 would be fulfilled. It'd be done. Homs is a desolate wasteland. It, it is completely in ruins. It looks like something out of a movie of destroyed buildings and rubble in the streets and no life and everything burned. You can look it up on YouTube. Type in Homs, H-O-M-M-S, Syria, and you can watch the video of a drone that flies over Homs. And Homs is not far from Damascus. And when that same destruction reaches Damascus very soon, Isaiah 17.1 will be fulfilled before our very eyes. Let's go to Mark chapter 13. In Mark chapter 13... In verse number eight, Jesus said in the bottom part, he said, these are the beginning of sorrows. So I tell you guys oftentimes that Jesus said they're like labor pains on a pregnant woman. Now we don't have those exact terms. If you went to your concordance and you looked up labor pains on a pregnant woman, you would find Paul says that in, 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 in the letters, in the epistles, but Jesus doesn't use those terms. But what he says here, this is what he is saying. This could be translated. These are the beginning of sorrows. That word sorrows is labor pains. That's what it means. That's what the Greek word for sorrows means. It's labor pains. And so the way Jesus described it, and it's so perfect and so um, easy to understand, he said it's like labor pains on a pregnant woman I'm sorry, you guys. There we go. It's like labor pains on a pregnant woman. And so a woman, when a woman is first pregnant, you don't know she's pregnant. And if you look, and, and you know, the thing is, God has intended that his people, you, his people, Christians, that you live your life expecting that Jesus could come back at any moment. You know, the disciples believed that Jesus would come back in their lifetime. And rightfully so. And the world has taken that as Peter told us they would in Peter's um, epistle. And he said, they're going to mock you as Christians because they're going to say, where is the promise of his coming? God is slack concerning his promises. They've been saying that for years is what Peter prophesied. And now we live in a day and the mockers say exactly what Peter told us they were going to say. But it was God's intention from Peter and Paul and the apostles to you today that, that, that we live in the expectancy that Jesus could come back at any moment. John tells us he who has this hope in him purifies himself. And you, when you live expecting that Jesus could come back, it changes how you live. It changes how you, how you behave. And, and you're, you're looking, you're wanting for Jesus. You know the other awesome thing? The Bible says there's a special crown. And you could do an amazing study on the crowns that, that God's going to give us as a reward. So just type in crowns into your search engine. And read the verses in the New Testament. And, and you'll see different crowns for different accomplishments in life that, that God gives. And how many there are there are and what they represent. And there's a, there's a crown that the Bible says that, that, that those will receive it who love his appearing, who long for and look for the appearing of Jesus Christ. You know, I, I think I'm going to get one of those crowns. I do. I'm excited. I, I, cause I feel like I, Hey, I, I've, I've done it, Lord. 
I, I long for your appearing. I look forward to your appearing. I'm, I, I'm, I hope I'm getting ready and I'm ready for your appearing. Jesus said, pray that you would escape these things that are going to come upon this world. And there's a crown for those who love. And God's intention is that we would expect it. And then Jesus said, but it's like labor pains on a pregnant woman. Let's go back to 1966. If I lived in 1966, hopefully I would have this hope in me that John said, he who has this hope purifies himself, that Jesus could and would come back. But the reality is in 1966, there were some major prophecies that the Bible has that 